Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 17th of May. It is Friday. Happy Friday to everybody. There's just always something about Fridays, right? It's like the end of this week and the start of a new week coming. And, ah, that's the best day to have questions because it kind of cleans everything up for the week and we just go on. And today I have some questions I thought we kind of got, honestly. So I wanted to talk about them just because maybe it's missing, maybe for – Maybe the posts aren't as clear, but I wrote a post the other day that said, take your hardest thing to face and walk it through every step of your thoughts on it. See it as a growth, not a challenge. And it kind of coincided with the show that if we turned around what we looked at and said, you know, why is this happening to me? And how come I keep going through these things and I'm really, really tired of not getting to where I want to go? And a lot of times it's because we just, the way we looked at it, we didn't see it as something that has an outcome. We just saw it as something that's happening and we can't get out of it. So we stay in it and we can't get out of it. So Leah Gill writes, what does that mean to walk through every step of your thoughts on it. Well, when she asked that question, I thought, wow, she has a question. What does it mean to walk through your thoughts on something? And usually when we do something, no matter what we do, we do it thinking we're going to get whatever we think we need at the end of it. And we can't, it doesn't just show up at your door. You can't say, I want to write a book for 10 years and not write an outline or not fill in the outline or not actually complete the book because then you don't really mean what you say or say what you mean, and that bothers you inside. So if you think every step of the way through, you would think, okay, well, if I want to write a book, because why do I want to write it first? Well, I want to write it because I want to say I wrote a book. Well, if you want to write a book for that reason, you probably will never get to it. Because just to say you want to write a book, it's a lot of work to write a book. A lot of work. Just getting it published in itself is a job. So you have to know why you're doing it. If you say, okay, I, I want to write about whatever. And you start with an outline. And then you start with, you know, points that you want to talk about in that outline. Then you create the chapters and then you create the flow and then you fill all that in and then you actually write the book. And then as you write it, you need it edited. And as you edit it, you need to get it formatted. And, you know, it just goes on and on and on. But thinking of every one of those steps, then you start to visualize. Like now you're starting to see okay, now if I do this, now I may need help here, so I may have to ask for help there. It might cost this much money, or 
I might need to find publishing houses at the end. You know, who would I even know that does that? And you start Googling these things and you start just kind of formulating a path. You will see it as a growth and not a challenge. But also, let's say we're dealing with illness in our family, something very difficult, or our aging parents. Maybe we are the aging parents. But just knowing, okay, I have a plan. This is how I'm going to take care of myself every single day. And with everything new that comes my way, let's say I start eating better food and my body starts responding better. Then what happens? I'm eating better food. My body's responding better. What will I do when I feel better? But imagine your brain when you say that as opposed to, oh, my God, I'm dying. Oh, well. Pretty much that's what you just told your brain you're going to do or you want to do. It's interesting. So just see it as a growth. Like, wow, now I'm going through this. And yes, it's really hard. Yes, it scares me. Yes, I don't want it. But I'm going to deal with it. And this is how. So if you start to see that, you give yourself a path and a way out of a box that we put ourselves in, that dead end that we feel like we can't get out of. So I hope that helped your question because you had another one. And here it goes. Hi, Nadia. What is the root of saying to our soul, I cannot take care of you or you are not worth that I take care of you and hurting it more so that we don't feel the pain? How do you hurt it more so you don't feel the pain is my question back. The more you hurt it, the more pain you feel. So you can't hurt it more to not feel the pain. Sometimes people will numb themselves and escape, but it doesn't change the pain. It just changes how you deal with it. So the root of saying that is, is truly a self-worth issue all the way through and through. I cannot take care of you. I cannot take care of my soul. The truth is, you have been taking care of your soul. This is just how you've been taking care of it. There's nobody on this earth that can take care of your soul but you. If you don't feel like you're doing a good job, that question that we just had, take your hardest thing to face and walk it through every step of your thoughts on it. Take an inventory, truly say, how do I take care of myself today? Literally get a piece of paper and write down, I wake up, do I wash my face or not? Do I get dressed with clean clothes or not? Do I make my bed or not? I know this sounds funny, but that routine springboards 
your day or not. Or not. And that doesn't prove anything to anybody else around you. But it tells you, oh, wow, I'm worth clean clothes. I'm worth washing my face. I'm worth eating a good breakfast. We can make choices to hurt and punish ourselves because other adults around us when we were younger did not give us what we probably needed to build our needs of security and self-worth. And for a lot of us in this age group, and I'm saying like 30 and above, right at that cusp of the millennial. We did not get the kind of love that we gave to our children. And the reason we didn't is just we weren't aware of that kind of warmth yet. What we did was we wanted to raise responsible, dependable people, and we did. My parents did, your parents did. But what happened is we did not like the way we were raised. We felt that we didn't get the kind of love, the warmth we were craving once we got to be adults. So what happened is we kind of overcompensated with our children. We didn't want the self-worth issue to be an issue. We wanted to tell them they were worth it. And, and, you know, to the point where we were giving trophies to the winners and the losers, which also was too far on the other side. But hurting ourselves, saying we're not worth something, and I'm not going to reduce it to it not meaning anything because it means a lot, but it's a tape. It's a tape that we can put on mute, we can put on pause, we can stop it, we can take it out, we can throw it away if we want to. Because I hear that a lot and it breaks my heart because you can take care of you. Why can't you? If you can tell me you can't take care of yourself, then you can take care of yourself. But you have to say, Why can't I? Who said I can't? Oh, wait a minute. I said I can't based on the way I think. Why do I think that way? Oh, because this is how I was raised and people kind of maybe thought the way I think is too big or too much or maybe I got pushed aside, nobody gave me time, but for whatever reason, I don't feel like I was worth that much to the people around me. But was I not worth that much? Did my mom take care of me? And then I want you to go back and I want you to think of really good times you had with the adults around you when you were younger. Like really good times. And then I want you to just focus on that love. Like, wow. They did love me. Wow, they did come through. Because sometimes our focus stays on the stuff that we didn't like. 
the stuff that was missing, the stuff that really hurt us. And then the stuff that worked, the stuff that worked, we don't pay any attention to. And then we say, well, we're not worth it. We're not worth that. That didn't count. It does count. You got to make it count. You've got to make it count. We need the balance. Otherwise, we are saying things like, I cannot take care of myself. And yet, how, how you're taking care of yourself today is just the example of how you're taking care of yourself today. I want us to challenge these thoughts that we have. I want us to feel like we have the power to pay attention to the stuff that just sneaks in and wants to rob us of our day, of our time. Because that is ego. These are ego statements. I cannot take care of myself. I am not worth to take care of myself. That's your ego putting a wedge between you and you. Recognize that that's ego. Go back to the fork in the road. Repave that road with love. And start by saying, who said I cannot take care of me? Who said I am not worth that I take care of myself? Oh, wait, I keep saying that. And take responsibility for the fact that you take that statement and you start to live by it. And why did you choose? Because now you're seeing that it's a choice, that statement. Oh, well, it comforted me when I felt bad. It gave me another day to exempt myself from living up to my potential because I needed to say, myself that I wasn't worth it. And if I'm not worth it, now I don't have to do anything. There you go. Yay for ego. Because my next question, I'm going to read it to you and then we'll talk about it. Hi, Nadia. Why do some people self-harm as in cutting? I also was shown in a dream a very angry Batman that a baby appeared on my knee and I started lovingly to play with it. How do I cure my anger? Think about this one. Self-harm. Creating a diversion. Of taking care of ourselves. Ego is saying you need to hurt yourself. You are not worth your health. You are not worth your body. And you had a very angry superhero. 
but the dream of a baby appeared on your knee and started lovingly to play with it. Why would you dream that? Because it took you back to the fork in the road of innocence. People who harm themselves feel such deep pain, such deep pain that the the harm of ourselves is just like proof that, wow, look, my pain is physical too. Harming ourselves, whether it's emotionally, like the, I cannot take care of you, you are not worth that I take care of you. Taking it a step further. These are like the private, you know, when when Christ said, there is no hell, I said, well, there is, there's a word hell, and it means something very, very hard for us to deal with, like our self-love. And he said, but hell is when love is not present. When love, self-love is not present, that opens the door for all these thoughts that ego can come in because ego comes in on our vulnerabilities. So if I'm feeling like I don't care about me, ego is going to come in and say, well, you know what you could do with that. Now we have this whole world of stuff you can do. You can waste your day spending it in your head thinking about how you are not worth anything. So why should you try anything? Why should you do anything? Here, you can get into this habit and you can get into that habit. And we start into these addictive worlds of stuff that just takes away from us and exasperates those painful feelings. Most of the time, when you go to places that heal us, like AA or support groups. But I, I say AA because I've been to their meetings. I've sat there and I've watched so many beautiful people wanting to heal themselves and each other. That's the beautiful part of AA is that they don't just go to to break their addictions, but a lot of them who broke the addictions stay and they, they give back and they sponsor and they help because they understand what a, a soul, a person, a whole person, not just the fractured parts, but a whole person needs to do become whole again. The positive reinforcements of meeting, of interacting, of creating groups for people. I know someone who was an addict at one time who created vacations for its sober living vacations and they all go together and they have, you know, liquorless 
vacations where they're together as a group and it's based on not hurting themselves by keeping themselves in a place that takes away from them. So how do you cure your anger? And I have to say, one, acknowledging what your anger is. Well, I'm just angry. You just have to look at them in the face and say, hey, I know. I know, but you can be okay. You can. It is a possibility. Please don't discount that that is a possibility. Don't say, I'll never get over this, or it's too hard. Yes, it's going to be hard, but it's harder to stay like this. It may seem easier overall, but it is harder. It's harder to accept that mindset for the rest of your life. Harder than to stay there and face this every day. You can walk out. There are paths that you can take that walk you out of thoughts that you no longer want to have. But how do you cure anger once you acknowledge it? You need a support group. You need somebody, whether it's a therapist, a counselor, someone through your church, someone through your friends, someone you trust, someone who believes in you, But you have to want it. Self-harm is like a silent epidemic. It's mental first, physical second. And third, you become destructive to yourself, your environment, to the people around you because you're so hyper-focused. I'm creating an outlet for anger that you can't see yet. But we have to be able to be honest, not just saying that I'm doing it, but asking myself, out of all the things to choose in life, is this the best way to deal with an outlet for my anger and for my self-worth? And I know It sounds so idealistic to say that to someone who's physically cutting themselves or physically drinking liquor that disorientates their brain and takes them further away from themselves or doesn't want to take care of themselves. Because it's not that we can't. We can take care of ourselves. We can overcome these things. But if we give power in energy to any problem, we are going to grow the problem just like if we give power and energy to something we want to do, like be determined to get over it. I know somebody kept trying to quit smoking, quit smoking, quit smoking. But then one day they said to me, oh, I would quit smoking, but man, that after dinner cigarette is the best. 
And I said, why? Why is it the best? Because that's why you're going to keep smoking. When you have that much affection for that part of your day, why would you and your brain give that up if that's what you look forward to every day? They said, well, it's been my habit. It's the one habit I've had since I was a kid. It's my only connection to when I was younger. And I said, well, maybe you can create another connection, something that you love just as much after dinner, if you really want to let go. But I'm not here to tell you to stay smoking or not. That's a decision you make for yourself. But how much do you want to really do that? That's the question. Do you really, really see yourself growing through the stuff that you don't want to do? And you have to replace the habits. Otherwise, you're going to have this empty space that's going to make you feel really uncomfortable But with cutting, you need to go get help. You need, there isn't a magic answer. You need a support system. You need to physically let someone take pictures of what you've done and show it back to you. Because if you were to see that on someone else, you'd be horrified. But when we do it to ourselves, for some reason in our brain, we don't see it the same because we know how it feels to do it, and we need to actually feel physical pain to match our internal pain that we haven't been able to get to the root of. There's a a young lady, young, 27 years old. She has been to rehab for alcohol five or six times by now. But the reason it didn't work let's say the first five times, if it's been six times already, but let's say the first five times because no one got to the root of it. They got her to stop drinking and go through detox, and then they sent her back out into the world, and she started drinking again when she hit that point of vulnerability, of the lack of self-worth, of that, that, that feeling that the anger just couldn't get touched. But then she went to this last facility, and she's still there. But she has been there for four months, not for two weeks, not for 30 days, not for 60 days. And they worked with her and worked with her and worked with her until they got to why. And they realized it was her mom. That was why. And they realized, as an adult, what she used to call, my mom gets rough with me, was meaning her mom used to beat the heck out of her pretty regularly. But she's like this nice girl. She didn't want to believe that her own mother would hit her like that since she was younger. To the point that it it made the newspapers as an adult, literally. 
and the first piece of advice they told her is you cannot be near your mother because she's really nice on one end and all shiny. And on the other end, it's horrific. There's no in-between. So you've been pushed and pulled and pushed and pulled, and you cannot be in that environment. She is a trigger. The girl's out of state. Her father wanted her to come back home. The girl doesn't want to come back home, and she shouldn't, and the father should not allow her to. Even if they don't live in the same house, even to be in the same town will just bring her right back to doing what she did and send her right back, and that will be her perpetual life. But now that she's gotten to the reasoning, now that she's gotten to why, now that she knows that, she, even though the body would crave the substance, she now is stronger than the craving. And she's been able to stay away because she no longer needs it to take care of the issue. And now she has to deal with the addiction. But she did get to the bottom. So, Chris, I would say go get help. Leah, I would say find someone to talk to and get to the root of why you don't feel your root, your worth, your own time to take care of yourself. Because you have the same time. It's what you do in it. Thank you guys for your questions. I hope that at least it opened the door. I will see you on Monday morning. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.